Hello and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. This is your host, Laura Lindahl. And in today's first guest episode of 2024, you are getting a super special treat. This one goes out to all of my dearly beloved, driven, hardworking women who have ever said, I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. (laughs) The perfectionist dropouts, recoverers, and redemption seekers, I see you. I know your struggle, and because of that, I sought out none other than the expert mindset coach, Alicia Michelle, to help you guys get a deep dive into perfectionism and how to overcome it so you can leave behind the analysis paralysis and make clear, confident decisions in your health journey. So turn on those listening ears and let's get to it. Hi, I'm Laura Lindahl, and with over 10 years of training and coaching experience in the fitness industry, I've discovered how to build a body that I love without body shame, self-judgment, or burnout. And this is not your average fitness podcast that shows you how to apply the biblical principles of the gospel to your fitness journey to create lasting confidence and joy that impacts the kingdom in a body that you absolutely love. This is the Her True Strength Podcast. All right, guys, we are here. Hello, Alicia. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Yes. Did you notice a dramatic pause? Did I get the name right? It's Alicia, but that's okay. I will respond to anything that you can. Fourth, maybe fifth time's a charm. Well, oddly enough, today's topic is about perfectionism. So it's probably quote unquote perfect that we can show our women right off the bat. So if you would just introduce yourself to our audience, tell them just a little bit about who you are, what you do and who you are. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Alicia Michelle. I am a certified life coach and I help women specifically in the areas of dealing with perfectionism, people pleasing, anxiousness, feeling not enough, But I use the brain science information along with the Bible together to help us understand that because I feel like a lot of times we know that truth that God tells us we're enough or we don't need to be perfect, but there's something that's keeping us from believing that. And so by understanding how our mind works and using specific tools that I've learned as a neuro coach to to be able to rewire the neurons underneath there, the subconscious thoughts to be in alignment with God's word, we can free women from these pressures to act and live a certain way. So I do that through courses. I do that through my podcast, which is called the Christian Mindset Coach. And yeah, I'm passionate about helping women in that way. That's part of my journey of overcoming perfectionism and people pleasing. And I'm just honored to be able to do that with other women now too. So that's me. Ah, that's so cool. And, you know, I think one of the quotes that I absolutely love is that the greatest distance in the entire universe is the distance between the human head and the human heart. Oh, yes. Uh, So you're bridging that, which I absolutely love. Yes, for sure. Definitely. Amazing. Well, I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. We will be sharing with women who struggle with perfectionism. Um, and a lot of us women, <laughs> all of us, know, right? <laughs> right? Who doesn't? But I would just love to hear what are your thoughts in your experience? Why does so many women wrestle? Like, why is this so common? Why is it just quote unquote normal for women to wrestle with perfectionism? Oh my gosh. Well, there's a couple of huge reasons. First, I think that we have a lot of outside pressure 
to be perfect. I mean, that's not a secret that there are. You, I know you guys talk about body and image and things like that on this specific aspect of perfectionism. So it's not a secret that that is out there and being modeled to us every day of this is what you're quote, supposed to look like. So there's just the outside pressures. We see other women who look a certain way and we think, well, that's what I need to look like. Maybe, and I think this is kind of moving into the internal side, which I would say is the other half. There's been this internal dialogue of I have to show up and look a certain way or be a certain way in order to be accepted, in order to be loved. A lot of the work that I do, we peel back those layers to figure out how has our mind answered the question, am I loved? Am I worthy? And am I enough? Those are kind of the three questions around identity that our brain has figured out the answer to, but between the ages of like 12 to 14. So mm. we haven't necessarily said to ourselves, usually, this is how I feel loved, but our <laughs> mind figures that out, the supercomputer of the subconscious mind has figured out in order to feel loved, in order to feel worthy, I need to do this. I need to be this. I need to think this. And a lot of us grew up or just had that put into us that in order to be enough, we had to be at a certain level. We had to be perfect. We had to, to do it all right. We had to perform. That was my story. And so there's that dialogue. When we don't deal with that dialogue underneath and we try to then hear God's truth and put it on top of it, it's not that God's truth isn't powerful. It's just the way that our brain is structured, that information is coming in through the logical side of our mind. And if we haven't dealt with the subconscious patterning that's kind of running the show behind the scenes and gotten that in alignment with God's word first, then it's just kind of like this conflict that's always happening between the two where we're, we're believing in our head. That's the believing in our head, but not believing in our heart stuff. So we need to be able to get both of those in alignment. The other factor as part of this, I would say a third thing then would be that maybe we feel some of these things that we need to be perfect. And we, we know that I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't have to live to this pressure or whatever, but we live in a world that's got so much stress in it that we're like, I just can't even deal with that. Like, I'm just trying to survive, get my kid to school, like make sure that I you show up for my job, all the things. It's so much easier at the end of a day or at the end of all these things. Maybe we've always dealt with those pressures by going to food or going to shopping or just relaxing and, and turning on Netflix for three hours, you know, just all of these things to distract ourselves from dealing with it. So it becomes a bigger problem where if we could stop and really work through it, acknowledge why it makes sense that it's there, it becomes easier to manage and to work through. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different factors. I think a lot of us struggle with this and a lot of women don't talk about it. We, we know we're not supposed to feel like we have to be perfect, especially in the Christian world. We're like, oh, God says I'm enough, you know, but why don't I believe it? So I personally love being able to help women figure out what is that about? What is that healing that needs to happen in order for you to really believe it and understand it and live from it? Because living from that and then trying to do all the things for God, it is a completely different way to live. Because usually with the perfectionism comes like performance and wanting to do the right thing. So, but living from the confidence of that, knowing that you're enough, you don't have to be perfect. Then living for God is way different. It's just, it's so much more freedom. Yes. That's that a lot, true. but that's, that's some things I would start with. I would say, yeah. No, I think I mean, a lot compared to what, like, that's phenomenal. That's, Aww. that's, I think that's a lot of where the influence is coming from. Right. And I think I, I loved how you talked about, I was just kind of jotting, if you ever see me turning my head, I love taking notes when I have guest podcasts, because there's so much to learn from you, from everyone oh, for else. Sure. And, yes. So it, it sounds like there was kind of three whys. It sounded like there was some from the externals that we're getting from media, marketing, like other words from other people, and even just mm -hmm. observation from other people. Yeah. Right. Right. And then I loved how you touched on origins. Like you talked about what were the, what was that age range that you said? 
10 to 14 years. 10 to 14. Okay. That's, that's really helpful. I think people can like now maybe look back at that time of like, what was I being told at that time, you know, in that age range or what tragedy happened that really shook the foundation of how you had to redefine those answers Mm -hmm. at that age. We're not necessarily thinking about Again, we're not necessarily thinking about what, how to answer those questions. It's just our brain is instinctually aligning itself around identity and mm-hmm. figuring it out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I tell women all the time when they are wrestling with body image, I said, you know, it's your body gave you an image because it wasn't given a better image that you told it to. Like we created a body doctrine about ourselves because we didn't, we didn't receive one either from the church or from our mentors and I, our people who are discipling us. So yeah, it, it's amazing how our brain works in that way. We're like fearfully and wonderfully made, but wow, like yes. how it's already answering those questions, yes. which is so crazy. I mean, it just kind of goes back to like are inherent. Like we are, we are broken. <laughs> the fall like has, it has affected our mind. And so there is room for restoration, which I love that you talk about that. So that's the why I feel like it's very common, right? And we're getting bombarded from everyone has a, a story. Everyone has an origin. Everyone is being exposed to what they see on TV, what they see in our friend's life. And we're constantly comparing and contrasting. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's impossible to tune out all of those things. So yeah. if I could say a quick thing about that, because mm. I think that's really important what you just said about comparing and contrasting. We mm. we want to demonize that. Like we shouldn't mm. be comparing and contrasting. Now, okay, let me just say this. Yeah, we don't want to do that in an unhealthy way, but we also mm. have to understand that comparing and contrasting is part of our survival. Mm-hmm. Our brain is number one job is to keep us alive, to mm. keep us safe. And that is why we have these subconscious patterns to tell us how to respond in certain things. Mm. So we are always trying to, look around to say, how can I make sure that I'm I'm protected and I'm safe? Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? It's what it's subconsciously always trying to figure out. So mm-hmm. while we don't want to say that's a great, like, oh, let's, let's try to strive for comparing more. We're not saying that, but just to understand why it's there and to yeah. understand that this makes sense because this is how we, we are wired to survive. We are wired to keep ourselves safe. And that's what the brain is doing. That's like why anxiety is often coming up because we're trying to just make sure that we're doing it right in order mm. to stay safe. Mm. Anyway, just to say that. No, I'm so glad you did. It it brought up a line. I'm reading a book right now by Jen Wilkin. Have you ever heard of her? Of course. As yeah. an author. Great author. And it's the 10 words to live by. And she talks about covetousness in light of comparison. And she talks, she touches a little bit on that, of how comparison is actually very natural. It's normal for us to kind of look like Hey, my neighbor just got a new boat. Do I need a new boat? You know, yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, it's kind yeah. of normal, but covetousness where we have, where we take that desire and it becomes disordered and we start to create that desire for that thing more than it is needed in our life. But yeah, I think that's a really good thing to touch on. And the too. difference between those two, the covetousness and the comparison, covetousness brings into the idea that, that God is somehow not giving me what I want. It's you're mm-hmm. making it a God to have that versus just seeing it. So Mm -hmm. there is a difference between that. I love those, how those are, are, she's put those together because that there is a difference and it's, it's crossed over, so to speak, when we're, we're coveting versus when we're comparing. Yeah. And I think there's some alleviation with that too, where it's like, okay, like it's kind of normal to have those thoughts now that I, now that we know it's normal, it's like, okay, there's an alleviation. And then now what do I do with it? When I, when I get it, when I screw it up, which we are bound to do because we are all broken, but there is so much grace that abounds. So I'd love to hear if we are operating from that place and you, you would use the word like our subconscious and the narratives that our mind creates, 
what would that look like from the outside? Say if we took a picture of it, how would someone know that they were struggling with this? I think it's going to look different for every person. And honestly, sometimes there are outward signs, but a lot of it are inward signs Mm. because we keep a lot of this inside. We're really Mm. good at not showing that we're trying to be a certain thing. Mm. To me, if I was to try to look at it from the outside, it could look like insecurity. It could look like somebody working really hard to try to please someone else. It could look Mm. like not being happy with how things are. It could look like a lot of different things, I think. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if that really is a specific stereotype from the outside. Inside, there's a Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask, what about on the inside? What does that sound like? Like if we could take those narratives out and we heard them over an audio, what would that sound like? That's a good question. I would say it would just, there's this relentless need Mm. to have more or be more than where you are at right now. There is not a rest. There's not a peace. There's not a contentment. There's just this, I, I have to have more. I'm not achieving what it needs to be. I'm not there. There is not a resting in that God has finished, completed, done everything on the cross. And it is finished what needs to happen. I think one of the hardest tensions for a perfectionist and this would show up in that dialogue is how do I, because perfectionism also tends to go with um, just performing well and wanting to do the right thing. How do I serve and show up with excellence without it needing to be perfect? How am I supposed to be a good at whatever mm-hmm. without, you know, where is that line? I think I struggled mm-hmm. with that for so long. So there was that, I think that dialogue would include that of like, mm-hmm. how do I, you know, in case of working out, how do I do my workouts, but not have to feel like they have to be perfect? What does that look like? And I don't mm-hmm. think there's a specific answer. Mm-hmm. We have to come to, it comes back to that piece. We have to come to that wrestling and being okay with the imperfection side of it to be content, mm-hmm. but also still doing the thing, like still showing up and still, you know, doing the reps that we need to do or whatever in, in this case. So there's a lot of confusion, I would say a lot of like not resting, not just sitting, just absorbing and enjoying. It's looking ahead, racing ahead towards what could be what I need to be. How do I get there? Let me give you the next plan to get there or chastising about what I didn't do and what I need to do and how I need to change. Just that, ooh, that inner back and forth that we do. What do you think? Would you agree with that? Totally. Does it sound like yeah. that for you? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny. I remember very specifically a time where I was laid down, laid down in bed. My husband asked me, Hey, how was your day? And I said, I wonder what it would take for me to feel like I did enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just at like the end of the day, just feeling that way. And I remember yeah. just like that. Like I really like how you described it as that inner drive, just mm-hmm. the lack. I did a kind of a deep dive on Sabbath a couple months ago. And I listened to a Tim Keller sermon that talked about when God created the world and he said that it was good and then he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because it was complete. Amen. And that's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And it and it's in the same way when Christ died for us on the cross and, and he said it is finished, it's because it was complete. And that's what we that's personally like that was just a huge eye-opening moment for me when it came to like as a I'm a performer. I'm like I have to drive. I want to be successful just to lean back on that and get back on that vertical axis of me with Christ and where my relationship is and knowing it is complete. It is enough. I am accepted. I am done. I am enough. And that I feel like shifting past that was the moment where I was like, oh, okay. Like at the end of the day, like we are accepted. And for me, that helps me to get into that Sabbath rest to find my recovery for find my renewal in Christ and to just spend time like stopping. And you said, use the word being, which I absolutely love. 
Yeah. Um, I love that, that idea of what you, what you're saying about that rest side. Um, think that when we're not feeling perfect, we're always like almost like a dog pacing around in a room mm. trying to find the right spot. Yeah. Good <laughs> analogy. Just pacing, and pacing, and pacing and we can't just rest and we're always hurrying to try to do the next thing. And in that becomes this expectation of like, God, well, I'm doing this stuff. So why do I still not feel like it's enough? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we have to wrestle with that too, of the work that we do, the A plus B may not equal C and that's okay. And I'm sure you run into that all the time with the ladies you work with around physical mm -hmm. fitness. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing all of the stuff. Like, why am I not seeing the results? Mm -hmm. And so we have to find in that place, the rest in between where we're saying, look, God is calling me to show up and to do these things, whether that's as a mom, whether that's in my fitness, whether that's in my career, I'm doing them. I'm obedient to follow him. And then I'm resting in whatever outcome he brings. I'm resting in the in-between, knowing he's going to figure out the outcome. I'm showing up and doing everything with excellence, but I'm resting in what comes next because that's mm -hmm. his job to figure it out. It's his job mm -hmm. to make and transform my body. It's his job to take whatever work I put into my career and make it move or to and into my marriage, into parenting, whatever. It's his job to do that fruit, to make the fruit grow. My job is mm -hmm. to show up and to do the work with diligence and then to release the rest. That's really good. And what happens from a neurological perspective when we can start to rewire that? Like, how does that then shift for people? First of all, what causes that shift? We talked about like that rest, right? But then what now is possible for women? So that's such a great question. So it starts with understanding the difference between the logical brain, the logical, I'm just going to make it simple. The logical mind, which is the prefrontal cortex, the front part of our brain here, and the whole area of the brain that's kind of like the limbic system, but we'll just call the subconscious mind. It's the kind of, it's a part of the brain that's more the survival part of the brain. So it kind of runs in the background and mm. we don't necessarily think about it as much. Emotions are in there. Memories are stored there. Again, the brain is wired to keep us alive, to keep us safe. So it's always trying to conserve energy. So it's like a supercomputer. When we do something over and over and over again, it learns to create a neurological pattern to make it simpler. And so that this is how habits are created. This is why we sit down to ride a bike. We don't have to learn how to ride a bike every time because our brain has learned how to ride a bike. It mm -hmm. like almost like plays that program. Okay. She's riding a bike. Let's, let's do it. You know, and you, you know how to do it. And that's to streamline energy. That's to keep us alive and safe. So anytime that we are having that repetition, the brain is creating a program, so to speak, a soundtrack that is in there to access. So anytime you may get into a situation where you're like, why do I always feel like this feeling or this situation when I walk into a grocery store, or when I go into a gym, how, mm. why do I always feel that? Well, could be that there has been that patterning where mm. there is that trigger that happens. The brain goes, okay, this trigger happens. This is how I respond. Mm. And even though I'm logically going, you're fine, you're safe. No one's looking at you in this outfit. You're going to be okay. Like, you know, no one's saying you're fat. My thighs don't look huge. Like all the things we think about going into a gym with everybody who, you know, looks better than us and all that stuff. Like we have to understand that maybe that was something that was programmed through that over and over and over and over repetition. So what we can do through the neuroscience side is to figure out, okay, what is the trigger for that? What caused that? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do to get healing? And a, what is the different dialogue that needs to be in there? And then I use a specific neurological tool called brain priming, where it's a 61 to 67 day process that we work with to create what that process is for each person. But we work through the brain priming and it is, it's kind of like if you go on a road and then there's a bridge to go to the left and a bridge to go to the right. The mind has always gone to the right, to that A bridge. That's been the path that's always taken when the trigger happens, right? But we're saying we're going to build another bridge so that the brain will go that way, the way that's in line with what God's word says 
says about me. Mm. And the more that the brain starts going on that path, mm. the brain is only going to keep what it keeps reinforcing. So if it's not using that path, that highway, that bridge anymore, it's going to dismantle it mm. in the mind. Mm. So it's dismantling the old one. It's rebuilding or building a new path. And that is strengthened. We use the power of repetition to strengthen it inside the subconscious mind. So that when you go into these different situations, one of the things I love when women go through this is that they'll find themselves in a situation where they're like, huh, I didn't freak out about that. Or I didn't say this, or I didn't. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's happening so behind the scenes mm -hmm. where they're no longer having to logically fight to make themselves believe something. It's mm -hmm. just this is what my patterning is underneath. And that comes from that subconscious mind versus the logical mind. If you are the active Christian woman who's been wrestling with body shame for longer than you'd like to admit, maybe the thought of stepping on a scale, looking in the mirror, or showing up to a party in a dress size that's bigger than your last gives you the heebie-jeebies. Can I share a message of hope with you? I think it's time for more active Christian women like you to find freedom from all the shame, guilt, and frustration we feel in our bodies. I believe you can see your body in the mirror and love what you see, even if you don't always like it. And I believe that the gospel is the answer to helping us do that. That's why for the first time ever on February 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be hosting the Bodies and Bibles Masterclass to help you find peace in your body, freedom from judgment, and hope for your health and fitness journey. If that sounds at all interesting to you, register today to save your seat and get your ticket by going to truestrengthcollective.com slash BBMC. And I can't wait to see you there. It's fascinating to me how the brain works and how our brains are so beautifully designed like that to keep mm -hmm. again. So that if we, it was there's some statistic, I think it was like, if we didn't have that ability to store things and to create patterns, it's like 6,000 calories a day, our brain would burn just trying to process things. But because it has these little programs and things set up, it can just flip through it a lot faster mm. and use that energy in other places in our body. So the brilliance of God and how he made our minds, we are simply saying, let's understand what those patterns are and how we can change them to be in alignment with what God says. Mm. Then, whew, you know, then there's just this freedom and confidence that comes. It's so beautiful to see. It's perfectly in alignment with the scripture too, where we, mm. like Paul talks about put off, put on by changing your mindset. Yes. You know, you have to take something off in order to put something new on. And True. I think that that's such a good example of that. That's really, really cool. Wine and old wineskins, that kind of same concept too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. So when they make that switch, what then is possible? What have you seen for some of your women who have been able to go through that? I, I also, by the way, I just love the time frame that you put on it because I think time frames are so helpful for women to just kind of reshift. Again, some of those we talked about at the beginning, why we have the struggle. Some of those external marketing just tells us it should happen in 30 days or mm -hmm. it should happen in 30 minutes and you can fix this problem. It's very like quick fix in our uh, society today. So what was that time frame that you gave? It's 61 to 67 days. And that is a neurologically proven time frame. That's not just Alicia coming up with a number. They've shown that it takes about that amount of time for mm -hmm. the old, I'm going to use the word soundtrack, old soundtrack to come down and the new one to be built and for the brain to choose that new one every mm -hmm. time. So at about, it's interesting because at about halfway, about 30 days, the brain will choose 50% of the time, the old one and 50% of the time, the new one. So there is some change happening, which is why mm -hmm. a lot of times people are like, Oh, 30 days to make a habit. Mm -hmm. Yes. But because it's only choosing it 50% of the time, it's not necessarily going to stick. So mm -hmm. we need to go the full 60 days for it to 
fully have dismantled and fully be reinforced into the new patterning. But what can happen? It's hard to describe what the difference in someone, their entire countenance changes is, is really the only way to say it. I've seen women who have come in just completely defeated by their circumstances, by what life has handed to them and their view on everything and knowing all the right things that they've been told, right? But when we have done this work and really understood what caused it, why it makes sense and how there's a different way for them to believe, and we've done that patterning through the neurological work, it's like mm -hmm. they're released to do whatever God calls them to do. And they don't, wow. they're performing out of a not out of a, a need to please God even, or to be something. They're just living and able to rest in, again, there's that word rest, to just rest in the confidence that comes and knowing who you are. That has been my story. I've seen, and it, you know, it's, we have these big transformation moments, like using things like brain priming, but then it continues on. So like, I've just seen in my own work with women, like there were times when I was like, I was doing these things because I still felt like I had to prove things to God or like I was good enough. I had to show him how it proved to myself that I was doing things right. And just recently I, in the middle of starting a group coaching program, and it's been so amazing to me to just see from the last time I, I started a group coaching program, which was like three years ago to now, the difference in me of mm. like, I truly am like, Lord, I see how you've called me to create this. I'm putting it mm. together and I'm responding to people who are interested and I'm saying, here's what it is. And it's up to you and the Lord if it's going to work out. Before I would have felt that pressure to be like, well, you, you know, like I have to do this. Like I have to hit a number. I have to, and it's just like, I'm showing up and doing what God asked me to do. I know mm -hmm. that I'm enough right now. I don't, I'm doing this because he asked me to do it. That's the only reason. And I know that he wants me to use this to help women. So Lord, bring the women, bring the women. You've told me the max number and I'm like anything else, you know? So it's just a different everything everything. I mean, we, I could talk for days about, you know, how that changes your, ma your marriage or changes your parenting. It's yeah. just the freedom that comes just serve without obligation. It's huge. Yeah. Cause when you take off that pressure, like everything changes. And I feel like we can hear, I I'm like thinking of so many situations that this could apply to just in my own life where I'm like, yeah, like I have noticed this and I've noticed this. And I just, I think when you take away that pressure, there's a lightness to life. And then I also think there's a, a better communication with the Holy Spirit. And it's just an easier green light of like, okay, God, like objections are cleared, tunnels cleared, runways go, like, let's go. And you can just, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you're just, you're not holding on to it like this. Yeah. Like you're able to literally work with God doing things in your hand, right? Mm. And you're able to release it versus like, yeah. I'm going to take the things you've given to me and I'm going to hold on to them and it better turn out this way. I mean, so, and, and you don't notice those transformation moments until you're kind of put back in a similar situation again. And then mm. you're like, wow, Lord, you have done some huge work in me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so much better, you know? Yeah. It's so much better his way. That's so cool. Well, I'm super excited for your ministry. I just absolutely love hearing about what you're doing. I am like, I was raised all logic and I'm learning to embrace emotions and I am very thankful <laughs> for counseling for that. So anyone who is able to take the science aspect and apply it to the emotional challenges that we face as women, I'm absolutely floored for people like you. So thank you for your ministry and what you do. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, someone wants to learn more about your group coaching program, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Thank you. So couple of ways you can go to my website. It's vibrantchristianliving.com. That's kind of where everything is. The podcast is there. I mean, you can find the podcast anywhere too, of course, but the podcast is called the Christian Mindset Coach. So you can listen to the podcast. I do have a free training on there that talks more about the brain science side of this and why we have that battle between our logical mind and our 
believing in our head and not in our heart kind of stuff, how the science and scripture can work together to get over this feeling of not being enough. Um, mm. And so that's a free training that's at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. So encourage ladies to check that out. If this is interesting to you, I love that I get to combine both of those things together. I think that's what makes what I get to do unique. So that's a great place to start there. But yeah, I'm also on Instagram. Instagram is at Alicia Michelle coach, but any of those places, I would love to talk more about this topic with anyone who's interested. Wonderful. All right, guys, go check out Alicia. She's a wonderful person. Much, much, much to learn from her. Alicia, thanks so much for being on this show. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.